Cutters episode 145. It's never too early for television. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, welcome back to the Box Cutters microphone, Mr. John Richards. Hello, Josh. Hello, listener. <laughs> and yeah, hi, John. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Brett. To, That's my, all right. to my right, Mr. Hey, pay attention to me, Brett Cropley. <clears throat> Good evening, viewers. Oh. Brett actually has a computer screen as well, though, which makes him look quite sort of important and vaguely Howard Jones-ish. He's, got, <laughs> he's got two, uh, two, two, two computer screens, but... Two keyboards, one mouse, one touchpad, and... Uh, but, but jo- John, you're not mentioning my chroma key suit, which surely makes me a little bit Nick Kershaw. Well, you know, you're always a little bit Nick Kershaw, though, well, aren't you, really, Josh? Hey, wouldn't it be good? Actually, aren't we all a little bit Nick Kershaw? I Deep think, down inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a little bit bit Nick Kershaw, he's a little bit Howard Jones. Yeah. There's a song in that somewhere. Ah, it's Box Cutters, it's all about television and, you know, once every four years, it's quite difficult to do a show like this. Because there's nothing on, because Olympics cover everything. Olympics, the the Olympics have been on. Has anyone noticed? Well, the Olympics have been Mm. a little bit, a little bit of of an issue uh, at at my house. Uh, My partner is somewhat obsessed with the Olympics and I'm a little bit concerned about human rights. So between (laughs) the two of us, we have a lot of conversations where he goes, oh, where is Bruce Bruce McAvaney? Oh, it's it's Tiananmen Square, isn't it? I go, yeah, it's hard to recognise without the tanks, isn't it? Without the tanks. And then we go, oh, the water cube, that looks quite good. Oh, it's all right to torture dissidents, then, is it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> and uh, a lot of that goes on for hour after hour. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a little bit tense. It's a little bit tense. <laughs> so, you're, uh, so, so you're not across the whole uh, Olympic spirit of let's put aside our differences and throw javelin. It's quite frightening. Isn't it? The only we go, yeah, obviously human rights are important in their place. You know, obviously torture's kind of bad. But, you know, there's some swimming, so let's pretend it's just not happening for a little while. And it swimming's of, like reverse waterboarding. <laughs> it is, a, it is a, bit, a little bit annoying to hear the commentators saying how fantastic it is, regardless of the naysayers, as a, as a veiled oh, yes, especially bitch the, about people protesting. Yeah, when the naysayers are things like you know, journalists being you know, arrested for trying to report Having things. Having their hands stomped on by the police. I and, know, and, yeah. and you know, try to cover up uh, you know, murder inquiries and that sort of stuff. And... Um, yeah, a lot of really dodgy stuff, and it's all what we thought would happen, and yep. it's all happening, and yet as a nation we've kind of said, oh, it's all right, Well, John, China. John, you'll ask your question, then you'll give your microphone back to the volunteer before <laughs> we'll answer, okay? Yeah. I, I would also say, also, I'm not actually interested in sport, so yeah, it's kind of easy for me as a non-sporty person. If it was a live episode of Battlestar Galactica being broadcast from Tiananmen oh. Square, maybe that would be more of an issue that I'd have to kind of, you know, decide. Now, now I'm just... Dreaming of a world <laughs> where we can all put aside our differences and watch live episodes of Battlestar Galactica. There, there has been a little bit of nice respite uh, with um, the US swimmer who's broken the, the all-time record for the number of gold medals won ever by any athlete. Phelpsy. Um, Dr. Uh, Karen Phelps. Yeah, Peter Phelps, I think. Ah. Uh, he's, he's gone and t- taken great strides since he was on Stingers. Um, but, uh, he's looking good. He had an ear job, I think. That's great. <laughs> anyway, um, so Phelpsy. But, but good that uh, Australia's it's not own all about US Phelpsy. Aussie, Aussie, sport, sport. Kind Is of that crap. causing. Are we upset? 
upset that well that, 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 that an American is doing well in our sport. I imagine that it'd be the sort of thing we, we'd probably stop broadcasting after a while. Well, no, 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 Americans need to sell milk too. Mm-hmm. So I, I did watch a little bit of the table tennis on SBS the other night because I was just fascinated by the fact that table tennis was being broadcast live on SBS. That was kind of within itself. Did you see? Did you see the the woman, uh, the, the one armed table tennis player? No. She's. I, I heard about this well, last she night. I haven't seen it. Especially bred to play table tennis she, and nothing uh, else. She. She's. Uh, she's either an amputee or she. Uh, whatever it is, she serves with with her stump and oh. uh, and and then just plays amazing table tennis. See, all I can think of, like you're saying, it's some Korean cloning thing, isn't it? To, I've, I've to... just got a mental picture of her throwing the ball up some other way, but that's just me. <laughs> Those ping pong balls. You're thinking, you're thinking of some, some Thai contestant from... Uh, no, is, is that what you're thinking of, Is Brent? it usually yeah. this classy, or is this a special episode? It's... It's it's something, you know something to do Adam, with ping pong balls and Richard, Josh and Since Adam Richard came, into, came onto the show... It just hasn't been the same. Just has not been the same since. Uh, we will, of course, no doubt, talk more about uh, Olympic coverage during pork later on in the show. We've also got some crap TV, and I don't buy it. Uh, John, you're uh, you're bringing us things you may have missed. Yes, because I haven't watched any television <laughs> again. Again, I you know it's 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 uncanny how you invite me on the show the weeks which I have not actually watched any television. Dude, I've been watching nothing but Lost. <laughs> well, then I had to embarrassingly admit the only thing I have actually watched television wise this week has been uh, DVDs of Quantum Leap. Excellent. Um, which which I think I have to start from the beginning because I didn't even know how many people know what the hell Quantum Leap is. Um, it was a show in which. No, uh, uh, oh no, no, not we're now. not starting. Not now. Oh, not sorry, now. I'm, I'm getting carried away. It's, it's coming up Ooh. later in the oh, show. Sorry. Okay, I'm piquing your interest. Yeah. that's not for another fifty minutes. Oh, or cool. Something. I hope your yeah. interest is piqued. That's, that'll come into day three of uh, <laughs> Box Cutters episode one hundred and forty-five. Right now, though, hey, let's get this in early. If you want to email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. It's time to th- kick things off with the Box Cutters news. In the spirit of the Olympics, which uh, means, I think, in the uh, original Aboriginal dialect, let's all get together and have fun. Uh, Up the, your bum. <laughs> uh, Turkey are going to be launching a 24-hour Kurdish channel uh, in an effort to show how open and, and liberal they are uh, with respect to their Kurdish population. Yeah, wake me up when China does it. Why would China have a Kurdish channel? <laughs> Sorry, a Muzi channel. The, the, the separatists, you know. <laughs> Sorry, just making a point. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, little knowledge. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah when's, when's China... Well, Taiwanese channel would be all right in China. Sure. Yeah. Do, do, you, know about, the, do you know about that whole thing, that history between t- t- Taiwan and China? Well, yeah, they, they, they marched without a, a, the sign saying Taiwan. It was a thing of Taipei, wasn't it? Uh, Taipei is the capital isn't, city. Isn't that uh, isn't that one of those disputed kind of? It it is. Uh, in, in t- anyway, that's that's <laughs> getting aside far 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 aside. The Ministry of Region of we Taipei. We all looked so clever before, and then we obviously just wandered into the end that we didn't know. I just took about. all week to watch the opening <laughs> ceremony. Was... He did. 
in installments. He did. He he took a long time towards the opening ceremony, and then uh, so he had no comments for us last week when we were talking about the opening ceremony, John. <laughs> but this week, but this yeah. this You're week, he's he's all about footprints, and oh, I could tell they were fake. <laughs> it's, no, it's the piece of paper that will last forever. It will last forever. It's made out of rice. Uh, the uh, so Turkey's uh, state broadcaster, imaginatively titled Turkey TV. Turkish Radio and Television, or TRAT, as I like to call it. TRAT uh, has announced that it will launch a Kurdish language channel in 2009, and uh, Turkey having a a very large Kurdish minority, uh, there there have been problems with Kurdish militants in Turkey, and uh, they did start broadcasting Turkish... Sorry, Kurdish programming uh, a while back, but this is an entire channel. So... Peace through television. That's what I like to say. Not a bad idea, yeah. actually. Obviously, if you were, if you were, for example, a, a dodgy regime and you wanted to to calm down the people against you, you know, give them a bit of you know Kurdish neighbours or whatever. Yeah, get them hooked. Th- that'd be all right. I think then... life's okay. They go. Should we go out and protest? Oh. Oh, Kurdish neighbours is on. Yeah, can we do it after eight thirty? Because what they're doing is they're, they're giving this channel, but they're not allowing PVRs. Into the country, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so people have to watch when when a show is on. I would go uh-huh. and destroy the state, but Kurdish toadies getting back together. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just. <laughs> and uh, is is this in preparation of uh, running the the next new network, uh, Greek Cypriot TV, out of Turkey? There, maybe. Uh, let's. That, uh, that, let's, that let's, would let's, be some some harmony. I'd like to see. Let's not get carried away, Brett. But. Uh, Considering that uh, that some years ago, Kurds had been banned from speaking Kurdish in Turkey, just speaking the language. Mm. Now they now they will have Kurdish language uh, broadcasting twenty four hours a day. So uh, let's all go to Turkey. Watch that, or just download it through BitTorrent. <laughs> You're so cutting edge. <laughs> speaking Brett, of cutting edge, uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> Oh, nice one. Nice, nice one. 90210, we uh, know he's coming back. The uh, the follow-up, uh, uh, what's the variety word for it? Uh, skein or? Sk- yeah, skein. Skein, skein. Um, after the, uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Now, can I just say, this is in, Brett Cropley brought you this news months ago. News. That's that's what this is. Sally leaving home and away style. Uh, John, you don't know, and maybe a no, lot no, of no, listeners no. won't know. No, this is actually, this is actually a, a new year, development. A year before, I know it's a, it, it's kind of a new development, but it's also something that you did mention months ago. Mm. A year before Sally Fletcher left Home and Away, Brett Cropley said, and Sally Fletcher's leaving Home and Away. She didn't even know that she was well, leaving I was at that say, time. Brett, yeah, did you know? Or is that just more that the law of averages means, of course, eventually Sally will leave Home and Away, you know, whether it's in a coffin. I you know. heard Kate Ritchie make a comment that, Made it sound like she wasn't returning, and it was it was towards the end of the summer that that uh, I put it out there, and uh, then yes, she took my advice, and <laughs> a year later yeah. thought, uh, oh, I might be uh, typecast if I keep on going on down this path. <laughs> As, uh, you know, I've done twenty five years, but twenty six that would be the limit. That would be outrageous. That would be, be nonsense. Twenty six. So, so this news that Brett has now is actually something that he said was happening. About three months ago. Well, no, no, no. I, let me explain for those listeners who weren't with us back in that episode. Um, this was just as Shannon Doherty had signed up to be on 90210. 
as uh, as uh, Brenda coming back. Um, Tory Spelling had uh, begged off being a guest star in the opening uh, episodes of the show. But you because announced you just had a baby. You announced the news as Tori Spelling will not be doing 90210. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Anyway, she's not doing it now because she's <laughs> she's pissed off that uh, that Shannon Doherty and uh, Jenny Garth are getting so much more per episode than she is. Well, uh, they'll be paid uh, thirty-five to fifty thousand dollars per episode, whereas she was on ten to twenty thousand. So uh, she's told him that nah, I'm not doing that. Well, that that brings me into to my news because I, I think that's exactly how much we care about Tori Spelling, uh, Matthew Fox has been in negotiations for Jack from Lost, Lost or Charlie from Party, and F- Party of Five, mm. but not Charlie from Lost. Don't get confused. <laughs> Don't get confused. Matthew Fox uh, has been in negotiations, as has Evangeline Lilly, but uh, we've heard nothing of, uh, of her figures. Matthew Fox was on $150,000 per episode. It's per episode, people. Now he will be on $225,000 per episode. And still not your million bucks per episode of Friends, though, is yeah. it? Because you know, right. the sitcom well, stuff, that's more ludicrous. Well, 25 minutes. And it's 25 minutes, but there was only you know six cast mm-hmm. of, of Friends. There's 80 on Lost. And you know, you, you've just got to... Plus, it's a really expensive show to make. How much is left on Lost? Because yeah, they have set... Two, two seasons. Okay, because there is a date, isn't there? There yes. is actually a cut-off. There, two there seasons is... plus two extra episodes. Uh, because we had a shortened season, this one just gone. No, it's still two seasons, Brett. It's it's not going to be a season and then a season and then a year later two episodes. No, it's it's a season of eighteen episodes and then a season of sixteen episodes, bringing you to a total of uh, thirty four episodes. Uh, so that's how much you've got left to go and lost. So uh, let's uh, do some quick calculation: thirty four times thirty four times. 225. Or divided by four, I'll give you millions. No, no, no. I, I think you're jumping the gun there. I think there'll be new negotiations at the end of next season. Oh, you think? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Anyway, so Evangeline Lilly is also well, gonna uh, be holding with out for some more money. Dr. Jack. Well, he is a he, he is a large part of the story. So I still wonder with Ross, what happens if the if the ratings suddenly plummet? I mean, I guess they well, maybe they can't, but I don't know. You know these sort of shows where where it needs an end, you know. It's 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 that Logan's Run the, thing all over again. You know, it needs to have an end. And what if suddenly the the, the audience goes, you know? What? I think I think what NBC realised with Lost was at the end of the third season they realised, okay, we have it, it doesn't matter how many people turn off Lost, we've still got enough core audience that uh, we can keep it going, we can sustain it. So it's not going to be a Twin Peaks all over again. No, something. no. See, the, the problem the problem with Twin Peaks was. Uh, they answered a mystery that should never have been answered. Mm-hmm. And the network really pushed for that. And it destroyed the show. I think with Lost, the network now understands and uh, and the producers definitely understand that the answers to the mystery cannot be given until the final episode. And until then, we just need to be drip-fed information. And as uh, Adam Richard said a, a few weeks ago, uh, I don't know if he said this on the show or, or just to me privately, but we went through an entire season of Lost and essentially we went through that entire season of Lost just to move forwards five minutes. Right. 
you know, that's, that's, they're doing that so well now. One of the things I actually, I, I don't watch Lost, and occasionally I'll see an episode. Um, they've been repeating them, I think, late night television, sort of repeating them. Anyway, I see, I see one in every six, and yet I'm still following the plot, which I find quite <laughs> fascinating. I'm not in any way left behind. But you'll, you'll be missing out vital, vital clues mm-hmm. in, uh, in each. I, I highly recommend going back to the beginning and, uh, and watching it all over again. It's fantastic. But the news there, Matthew Fox getting a lot of money, getting the same money that the ladies of Wisteria Lane are getting. $225,000 an episode. That's too much. That's too much money for Eva Longoria to be on my television. <laughs> That's what I'm saying there. Mm. Yeah, thanks for that comment, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Jump in with some bloody news. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, CBS are developing a, uh, a revitalised version. It seems to be uh, all news is about uh, harking back shows to uh, to the past. A new version of Hawaii Five O, uh, playfully titled Hawaii Five O Two Point um, Showrunner Ed Benero has been a fan for a long time and is working on uh, getting the project together. Um, and uh, there'll be a new take on the classic Bookham Dano kind of closing line. Um, through there, but uh, so hang on. That's that's the only reason we're watching is to know what the the new version of Bookham Dano is going to be. Uh, no, well, you know, cops cop procedurals are so so hot right now. Arrest him, John. <laughs> They're all Cylons in this version. Ah, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's all it. Cylons. But, but you don't find that out until you know each episode they reveal one more as a Cylon. Oh. Yeah. And then, and then suddenly, a, a cop is arresting himself. Yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're re- replicants. That's episode four, and then it's just lesbian sex all the way from there on. I'm so 22 a- episodes a season. <laughs> Sweet. Bang, I'm in that show. This is the because I automatically want to go Hawaii Five O remake. What a crap idea. But then, you know, Battlestar Galactica, what a crap idea to bring that back. And it's fantastic. So what the hell do I know anymore? That's true. I've got no yeah. idea. It amazes me people can look at this, this, you know, this pile of crap and go, you know what? That could be a cutting edge there's, comment about war. There's you know? a story in that. Yeah. So maybe Hawaii Five O, we're all going to be watching it and going, that's astonishing. But I wonder if there's some sort of time lag after the writer's strike that, you know, once they got the strike, sorted out the writers went back to writing but they were so far behind they had to do writing with all of their time so they haven't had people coming up with new ideas and so now they're looking back at redoing what we've seen before mm. cbs are also looking at doing the streets of san francisco correct for the new millennium and a- abc are doing uh, witches of eastwick yes i know in the uk they're remaking the prisoner um do you guys have watched the prisoner the oh, 60s yeah. so mm. not cell block h but the other one. The the Prisoner. The Prisoner. The Definitive. Um, and they've, they've just released these photographs because, of course, the original Prisoner was set in a, in a very strange nowhere land that no one quite knew where it was. It was filmed in a very strange place in, in Wales. With dangerous With beach balls. Yeah, it was with huge weather balloons that would kill people. And um, so the, the new version, they were trying to find somewhere equally as weird. And they found this place that's a, um, it's a resort in Africa. It's in, I think, Namibia. And it's, um, it's a Germanic-inspired... <laughs> Uh, resort in Namibia. They've really? been putting photographs have just come up online. I reckon they should just share the uh, the set with wipeouts in Argentina. <laughs> yeah, that is. That'd be uh, pretty weird. The, the, oh, you could have those commentators talking about uh, what's happening in the prisoner, and you could still have the inflatable. Yes. You know, the inflatable oh, number six taken has taken another tumble. <laughs> number two's after him, and, <laughs> I, and I believe Ian McKellen playing number two. So it's quite quite impressive looking. Who's thing. playing number six? Um, that guy that played Jesus. 
whose name I forgot. Uh, yes. Oh, G- G- Jim Cavazzi. That would be the one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I remember there were some Zeds and Jesus. That's Jesus He's from yeah. uh, from the the thing. <laughs> I just blanked on the name yeah, of the, uh, yeah. the the Mel Gibson film. What I rem- is it? I remember Jesus. Um, oh, is it the, the, the Passion of the Christ? Pa- pa- yeah, pa- pa- Passion of the Christ. Because, uh, you know, it, it, it also could have been Willem Dafoe if you'd just gone Jesus. Yeah, just Jesus. Just Jesus. Willem Dafoe. And there was um, uh, yeah, Brenda's brother from uh, Six Feet Under, but he was on a director to video. Who would, who would win in a fight? This is completely <laughs> off topic. Between Willem Dafoe's Jesus... And Jim Cavale's is the old... Jesus from South Park, I reckon. No way, he's so weedy and skinny. and I reckon Willem Dafoe. I'm Dafoe, yeah. Dafoe's scary. He's that, wiry. That was a tough Jesus. Yeah. He had a... a he packed a knife in his, uh, in his sandal just so he could whip it out in a fight. Yeah. Not in his loincloth. No. Don't get rude. Don't get rude about some people's religion. <laughs> so it's all right for you knife fighting Jesus, but the minute yeah. you know, we bring I just out... think in the loincloth would be more handy rather than having to bend down to get it out of the Roman sandal, which would be obviously strappy and kind of grip onto the grip of the the knife. Not very handy. While we're talking about new shows, yes, uh, ABC in the states are doing a version of Witches of Eastwick. This is their uh, this is the third attempt at creating a television series out of the John Updike book and, uh, and the uh, movie of the same name. When you say third attempt, did the other ones go to series or were they just pilots? They were just uh, pilots or projects, which right. never went to pilot. Uh, one, was, uh, called, uh, one was called uh, Witches of Eastwick. Uh, one was just called Eastwick. And uh, and this one is uh, is being created. Eastwick was uh, going to be the sons of the uh, of the women who were in Witches of Eastwick, which would have been quite interesting because you know how at the end of Witches of Eastwick they each have a son uh, who is the the son of the Jack Nicholson character. Uh, the you're looking at me so blankly. John. It, it's just in my head. I'm back to that. Why on earth would you want to make a TV series out of Witches of Eastwick? But then you know, Hawaii Five O worked out best for everyone. <laughs> so what do I know? It's, uh, so that this... Sex in the City movie, no one's going to want to see that. I said that. That was me. I said that out loud. <laughs> and boy, was I wrong. You were right about me. Did I had anybody no interest it? in it. Yeah. I didn't say. I didn't say it. The buzz about it was that it was a shit film. I yeah, the... but it still made bucket loads of money. That's I right. saw because women are stupid and they'll go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. I'll go and see anything with Sarah Jessica Goodbye, Parker. half the audience. Brett Thanks Crumley. for coming. Brett Crumley, care of Hooray at boxcutters.net. Obviously, that was a facetious comment. Uh, the, uh, I, I, did, I did, however, see the X-Files movie, I Want to Believe. Really? Which was like a pretty good double episode of X-Files. It was just, you know, all so right. So better than uh, the last X-Files movie? I, you know, I never saw the last X- X-Files movie. What I did realise, though after seeing the X-Files movie, is how far television has come since the X-Files was on television. I mean, if you remember, the X-Files was this breakaway hit that was doing things that we hadn't seen, mm-hmm. you know, since uh, Rod Serling did Twilight Zone. But, you know, doing things in a brand new way and exciting, and it was, you know, long-form storytelling or as close as we got to it at, at that stage. Uh, and this film just kind of continues along those lines, whereas... Uh, visual storytelling, especially television visual storytelling, has moved so far well, ahead. The other thing the X Files did too was that it actually changed the look of television because you know the X Files, the sort of the cinematography and the whole feel was mostly ripped off Silence of the Lambs. And the weird thing is, if you go and look at Silence of the Lambs now, that looks like television. Whereas originally yes. when it came out, it looked like a movie. Now it's like a TV show. And then 
we got so used to the X-Files being that kind of look. And, and like you're saying, everything sort of moves on and you don't even notice that it's changed until you get so used to the new way that when you see the old one, you go, oh, it looks really ropey now. I didn't realise. And I'm sure but, we'll talk about that when we talk about Quantum Leap. Which I think right? actually, yes, I think Quantum Leap perfectly personifies uh, that. And uh, another new show that is starting is called The Meow Mix Game Show. This is a game show that Chuck Woolery in the States is going to be doing. That is cat centered. Like centered a, with a C, not yes, a mess. Yes. Like a, a mix between the newlywed game and Jeopardy, but with cats and their owners. This Talking is, cats. According to The Hollywood Reporter, owners will be quizzed on general feline knowledge, covering such car- categories as nutrition, behavior, anatomy, and the role of cats in pop culture. I read this article and I just went, who's the genius? that came up with this show that would have enough material for five episodes. I, I've got to say, though, I, I actually know that show is doomed for certain because as you read that, I thought, that's so cool, I'm watching that. <laughs> <laughs> that is just, yeah, I am so watching that program. I just, I, th- I think there, there are some executives out there who just who looked at Wipeout and went, these people will watch anything. <laughs> actually, I want to pitch a show now based on that, a show called Room Full of Cats. It's called Room Full of Cats. Every week it's a room full of cats. For half an hour. Then it's an omnibus edition. <laughs> you have to get them to do something. No, no. Just no, Because no, no. the other it, thing it is... It follows so- that perfect formula of uh, look at look at the popular clips on YouTube, like Hole in the Wall, and make a TV show. Also, that it. show would come up with a very catchy theme tune, because the Meow Mix commercial in America is quite famous. I don't know if you guys... Yeah, it's... You hear it once, and it's stuck in your head So, so this, is, this is a show named after a brand of cat food. I believe so. Right. Yes. Yeah, so they, they, don't, they don't mention that in this. Uh, yes, go to your YouTube and look up the Meow Mix commercials because it's been, I think, what fifty years worth of them you can actually find on YouTube. <laughs> Sadly, I was looking at one just the other night. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, and I think for the theme tune alone, it'd be worth watching. That's that's hilarious. Uh, the, the contestants will also have to uh, be. Uh, they'll have to do some interactive challenges where cats and humans have to work together. Has anyone ever seen, like, anyone who, who agreed to this, have they ever seen cats? Like, Again, do they, do I want to watch know? this right now. Why can't we get tapes right <laughs> now? This sounds brilliant. The interactive bits are going to be so hysterical with these poor crazy cat women bursting into tears <laughs> when little Miffy has no interest in helping her to win the washer dryer. You know, she's going to wander off and she's going, Miffy, come back. Miffy, you love me. You really love me. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be tears and pathos and pain. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not sure this show is about those, those regular kind of tabby cats because just you know in the last six months um it hasn't it's turned into a, a bit of a regular recurrence to see people out on the street with a leash with a cat at the end of it but that would just be a regular tabby cat no no because you're getting these hybrid breeds in from africa um with with tabbies blended with or crossbred with um other feline Brands, uh, ocelots, so, so, um, yes, ocelots, yeah, lynxes, yeah. So, so they've got kind of leopards uh, colorings on their fur and stuff like that. I see. I, I would walk a cat on a leash if I had a cougar, mm-hmm. but not if I've got some little. 
I still think you're missing the big picture. Actually, <laughs> every episode's going to end off with women in in um, those uh, you know, sweatshirts with the with the painted pictures of the cats <laughs> that look like sort of seventies prog rock album covers. They're going to be wearing that in tears on the floor while Miffy wanders off the studio, never to be seen again, in this sort of tableau of fear and despair, and it's going to hold there with nothing happening. Go to black. And then the credits will come up going, meow, 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 Who could not watch that? But I reckon make it interesting. The losers get the green dream. You've lost me there completely. They take the long sleep. Not that, not the owners, but the... Yeah, yeah, and the losers get killed. It's like a 70s science fiction movie in the future. You can do that with cats. Look yeah, at it's Edward G. It's, Robinson. <laughs> it's done humanely. You know, uh, a, a little while ago on uh, on this show, we were talking about. Oh, you know what? I'm not even. I'm just going to go into another news item. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin uh, has uh, has pretty much. If it's not cat related, I'm not interested. Aaron's, Isn't cat related? Aaron Sorkin is turning himself into a cat. <laughs> cool. Aaron Sorkin has uh, all but apologised for Studio 60. Yeah. <laughs> You're crying. <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's not that sad. I mean, Studio 60 was. But uh, in, in an interview with uh, GQ Online, uh, he was asked the question, why didn't Studio 60 work? And he said, I made too many mistakes. Now, I would say probably giving up drugs would be the first of those mistakes, yeah. Aaron. But really. where did he think he went wrong? Uh, he said, uh, I would give anything to go back and get another bite of the apple. Basically, to use a sports analogy, you can have the best team in football playing the worst team in football, but if the best team in football throws four interceptions, they're not going to win. How many times have we all said that? I know! <laughs> I know! So why didn't Studio 60 work? Because of analogies, I think is the answer there. <laughs> Uh, to which uh, GQ, uh, the, the uh, GQ interviewer, to his credit, says, uh, that sounds a little arrogant. <laughs> uh, and Sorkin says, I'm helped by a staff of people, blah, blah, blah. I was too angry when I wrote Studio 60. The show became like the cover of Abbey Road. Everybody trying to figure out who this character was in real life or what that incident was trying to be. But the anger... It was post-9-11 anger. We were going through a time when the television networks were so sensitive toward appearing patriotic and patriotism was just being questioned all over the place. It just seemed like the wheels had come off our national culture. Wow. So uh, when I say all but apologised, what I mean is he has blamed the nation of America That's pretty for cool. Studio 60 being crap. That's remarkably like Eurovision when uh, the UK scored no points nil point a few years back with Gemini mm. and their big hit Crybaby. And uh, Terry Wogan came on saying that it was actually Europe punishing England for its stance on the war on terror. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, she didn't actually sing in key, Terry. That kind of helps at a song contest. But it's just, I just love the idea of going, yeah, rather than saying, show wasn't that good. No, it's the American culture it's that's to blame. The American culture is to blame. He says he, uh, he felt like he let down so many people. But really talks about uh, Warner Brothers, NBC cast and the crew. Uh, and... Uh, you know, he has problems looking people like Matt Perry in the eye. Uh, look me in the eye, Aaron Sorkin, because I sat through your 13 episodes of crap. Sat through, watched every single one, waiting, waiting for some moment of Sorkin brilliance, some kind of redemption. Nothing. 
Well, at least it wasn't brilliant up until the, the third last episode and then just turned into confusing Yeah, and, and you know, devil's mess. advocate here. 13 episodes. Like, what happened in episode 9? Didn't you go, you know what, it's not going to get any better. Like, didn't you go, I give up now? I uh, I had to see it through. I had to see in that in that same way that you, you can't look away from, from a, a car crash or you can't stop a car crash happening or something. <laughs> Some kind of car crash analogy. Speaking of which, from the news.com.au uh, website, uh, there was an article uh, titled Home and Away Star Trapped in Car Crash, which I thought was just stating the obvious. Now you just make me sound insensitive, Brett. I thought it was stating the obvious until I read that uh, Home and Away star Todd Lassance had actually been in a a motor vehicle accident at the weekend and uh, taken to hospital. Oh, is he all right? No, he's taken to hospital. So that's all you have? You haven't called up the hospital to find out how he is? No. You haven't sent some flowers? No. And look, out of curiosity, and again, this could just be me, um, when you use a phrase like Home and Away star, you know, all those words together, (laughs) one after the other... Do people actually know who these people are? Like, I mean, I, and genuinely I'm asking this, like, because I tried to make a joke before using Toadie and realised that as I got to the end of it, I couldn't name any other character from Neighbours. Like, I only know one. It's Toadie. That's all I know. Is Clive still on? No. Don't know his name. I know he's Toadie from Neighbours. Yeah. You know, see him around all the there. time going, look, it's Toadie from Neighbours. Yeah. But, you know, and I kind of wonder with Home and Away and Neighbours, are they actually known in this country? Do people really know who they are? Did Toadie come out? What? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. What the, the character, or the actor? Yeah, the character. I don't know. No, it wasn't. It wasn't mentioned in that week of Neighbours that I watched. Ah. I watched a whole well, week of Neighbours. Yeah. The things I do feel. That's what I mean. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate these shows as a kind of export market, and I'm glad we make them. But I, I kind of always curious about. I mean, I think we mentioned this before. There was a long time ago on the Onion a headline which said majority of Americans are not interested in the things majority of Americans are interested in. Uh, it was saying that, you know, um, in fact, 93% of people aren't talking about what's happening on Lost. You know, and, and, and it's kind of when you look at those numbers, you go, actually, that's true. No one actually cares about anything on average. 50% of Americans have below average intelligence. Well, yes, but even, even here, you know, no matter what the, the commercial networks consider to be the most talked about thing, the truth is that the majority of Australians will never have heard of any of them. And I'm always curious, weird things like Home and My Star, like when you read that, do you guys know who that guy is? No, no, no. I mean, you know, how many people? Like, we're interested because it's a Home and Away star, but we don't actually know who it is. No, I, I just like that uh, Home and Away was being seen as like, a car crash. Home oh and no, away no, no, car no, no. Crash. and that's yes. perfectly justified. You know, I think you know, using a man's pain and suffering to make fun of his TV show <laughs> is well worth it. But this, this, is, it's an interesting point that you make, John, because we we talk about uh, things doing really well in the ratings. We talk about uh, how oh, everybody watched the opening ceremony. Yeah, but no, now, but no matter how well, yes, yeah, so rates four million people apparently watched the opening ceremony. Mm. Which means, of course, that 16 million people didn't. Correct. And that's but what also, I always find fascinating. But also not all at once. Yeah. It, it peaked at 4 million or adds up to 4 million or, so, mm-hmm. or so, something like that. But, yes, it, it means that four out of five people did not. Did not. And yet, yeah, we'll all talk about it as if it's the shared experience because it's the, it's the closest we can get to a shared experience. But I'm just always curious. And it's, and it's massive in relation to what, other major TV viewership figures that we've seen. Lastly in the news, talking about the shared experience, I think we can all share this very sad experience. Terry Wogan has left Eurovision. Oh, you've made me a happy man. What? (laughs) 
I didn't what? know that. Oh, oh actually, can, while you, we're talking about the hang whole on, thing. You don't, you don't like Wogan. I can't stand the Wogan. He's just a oh. big bowl of xenophobia pouring over the. Absolutely. But it was fun to the laugh at him. The crap of Eurovision. Uh, uh, he was so wrong that he was funny. But so wrong to a point so... where. Because, I mean, that was the thing. It, well, it did peak admittedly at the whole. Yeah, the whole Gemini on because I remember I was I was in a hotel room in Spain watching that. Why was I watching it? I was in Spain for God's sake. There were more interesting things in Barcelona than Eurovision. Should have been out there voting. I know, but I was I was anyway, I was watching a bit, or, of, a bit of that fighting the revolution or something. And it was four, just, four out of five Spaniards did not watch Eurovision because <laughs> of course it's also hilarious. Yeah, because I was living in the UK at that time. It's hilarious to watch the country you're you're living in doing so badly and something it doesn't take seriously. So and then he came on the end with this whole oh they they punish us they punish us and you're going terry it's just just what you're saying is just nuts you know the countries that win send in the people who've got four albums and go platinum and they're known all over the region you send in the guy that came second in the talent show on telly and you expect to win you know and i actually think as australia because I, I did some research we can actually join eurovision as a nation because we don't have to be part of europe that's the thing people miss with eurovision yeah, we, we, it just we have to be part of the eurovision broadcasting, broadcasting union network. so i reckon if we do a whip round we should all be able to get enough money to join the eurovision broadcasting union we then ask kylie if she'll do it because we go first year ever in eurovision you can be our ambassador for the nation she'd do it she'd be in for it kylie goes on to perform at eurovision she wins obviously because they love her in europe and no matter what she sings they're going to vote for her and then we decide to pull out and we don't want to be part of it anymore 100 percent success rate. 100 percent success rate well terry wogan has pulled out i'm i'm very sad about it i i think he was hilarious and uh and he he really had uh had some great biting commentary that you don't get elsewhere uh, definitely wouldn't get on, uh, on yes. SBS otherwise. Not, not from the more sane broadcasters. No, but, but but that's the thing. Like, he he really, he pinpointed, he said what we were all thinking, I think, uh, what you did. I, it just, it worked for me. I wonder who the BBC are going to get to replace him. Actually, I think the other thing I always had the problem with, with the Wogan and the whole Wogan approach is that I don't need someone to make fun of Eurovision for me. You know, I can do that myself. That's why I'm watching it. You know, so the idea of having someone kind of knocking it, that's my job. You know, I'd rather have someone there who was actually enjoying it and I, I could mock he, them. He he often said things because he'd seen all the all the rehearsals and he'd seen all the uh all the things leading up to Eurovision. He would say, "Oh, look out for the uh the boots on uh, dancer number 3." You know, and uh, and so I would pay attention to something I otherwise would not. That pay is true. But to. this year, Sweden did enter an alien. She was a, a truly terrifying human being, and I remember Terry going, "Oh, she's a good-looking lass. Oh, she's a good-looking lass." You're going, "She's from Mars, Terry. She's terrifying." <laughs> See, and I, I just, I, I assumed he was, uh, he was being sarcastic. <laughs> But also, I'm sure that uh, SBS are going to jump at the opportunity to uh, get rid of the overseas commentary and uh, bring in uh, somebody locally, as they, they, have, they have tried in the past. It. Yes, which did not go down well. But uh, now that there's but no that Terry Wogan that's going to be there, there's nothing to stop them. And that is the very long box cutters news. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. Ah, oh, so that's Crap TV. That's uh, great. And on to the next segment, because we're <laughs> so far behind the show. Uh, did you happen to catch Rogue last night? 
Uh, last night being Sunday night this mm. week, no. Mm. One of the uh, one of the highlights for me is Ryan Shelton's uh, investigationing segments and uh, Boxcutter's friend Ryan Shelton. This week he covered uh, how the non Olympics networks are trying to convince viewers to watch, uh, including Channel Nine. Uh, jokingly offering $880 million to be given away over the period. Um, in the very next ad break on Channel 10, they ran an ad for their 10 grand giveaway, thanks to my career. It got to the end of the ad and then ran the exact same ad for their 10 grand giveaway, uh, thanks to the hilarious new comedy Pineapple Express. Uh, it was extremely surreal to actually be watching this live Right after Ryan had been going on about about taking the piss out of the other networks for uh, trying was, to bribe them, was was he was he taking the piss out of the other networks, or was he using the other networks to take the piss out of his own network? Well, he, he was taking the piss out of everybody. So, can I ask you, do you, either of you guys know how the SBS thing works? Because it bewilders me the fact that you know Seven's obviously got this exclusive broadcast for Olympics, but SBS has some of it as well. Because I imagine Channel Nine would. Surely Channel 9 would be wanting to cover the table tennis if they could. I would imagine anything Olympic, you know, branded would be very um, very sort of popular with those sort of commercial stations. Yeah. I'm so, not sure so, what the deal was. Yeah, so how does SBS get this kind of bonus coverage? Uh, SBS gets it uh, because they uh, were willing to pay for it, they were willing to share it, and uh, they were willing to take whatever was given to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas nine, I think, would start demanding. Plus nine and seven, there's no love lost. There is no way they are going to they work together. Okay, absolutely none. There's there's no way that uh, that nine would go. Oh, how come we have to have the uh, the table tennis, but you get the uh, lacrosse? You know, it's whatever lines are. are It'd drawn. be great though, wouldn't it? Because like you could see someone like a like a marketing department of Channel Nine going, okay, we've got the table tennis. Let's turn that into the sport that people care about. Yeah, because that'd be great to see a company like that with that sort of money and resources <laughs> just do that as a project would be you, really uh, interesting. You're not aware of Channel Lines problem. They have no money or resources. No, but they've got Carrie Ann Kennelly, haven't they? I don't know. Even she's taking a break. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Uh, so that's uh, that's crap TV there. Yeah. Two yeah. two ads for the same thing in a row, and they're giving someone ten thousand dollars just for watching their network. Yeah. Yeah, so you gotta you gotta have the code word that they play that they that they portray somehow over the night. I didn't actually see the code word. I've never seen the code word on the Channel 10, 10 grand giveaway. They should go the other way thing. and just promise to give twenty bucks to each person who watches the station for the night, as long as you tell them who you'll turn gay for. Yeah, yeah, you know that'd do. Yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah, it's crap. Hi, this is the fabulous Adam Richard, and you are listening to the Box Cutters. <gasps> I love them. They're very exciting. And now here's my famous catchphrase. You ready? Say hi to your dad for me. Oh, maybe that's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can I just mention, Adam has that lovely game. I think we've mentioned this before. Um, it's a game in which you just try and add the phrase in the mouth to the end of virtually anything to make it filthy. Oh, yes. It works really well. Yeah, and so, yeah. so now with the uh, things you may have missed in the mouth. <laughs> See? Here's John Richard. John Richards with Quantum Leap in the mouth. In the mouth. Um, yeah, that works. Yeah, we were chatting about Quantum Leap before when I said I haven't actually watched any television apart from shouting about Chinese dissidents being tortured. Um, the only thing I've watched this week was I was I was in the Fitzroy Library. I'm very keen on a good library. Mm-hmm. And they have DVDs there. Which is that you with can, the town hall? Uh, yes, we're yep. inside the town hall. And you know, all the DVDs there. And you're, it's like shoplifting, but you're allowed to do it. You can just <laughs> take them. It's great. And they had all these Quantum Leap box sets. And I thought, I haven't seen that for, well, I mean, it ended in 93. I haven't seen it, I think, since it was on air the first time. 
I'll get one of these out. And I was, went to get season one, and I went, no, 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 I'll get season five. Because it was a fairly limited premise. Let's see what happens when they got to episode 100. <laughs> you know, like, what, what more can you do? And I thought, yeah, I should recap what it's about. Um, there was this guy, he was a scientist, he was inventing a time travel device, as you do. Um, it goes a bit wrong, and he finds himself zipping into the bodies of people uh, in the immediate past who have problems he has to help resolve. Um, with the help of Dean Stockwell, who plays a hologram, who uh, is one of his you know, associates from from the future, his present. Who has a cigar and a PDA. He, he does. He has a little bits. PDA. He's a little, yeah. uh, little iPhone. Ooh, ahead Ziggy. of his time. Ziggy. Ziggy. Ziggy, Ziggy on the iPhone. Now, now who is the, the main character? Because he was in Boston Legal just yeah, a couple Sam, of weeks ago. Well, that's, yes, we're seeing Sam, Sam Beckett. Samuel Beckett, amusingly, was the name of the character. <laughs> um, and, yes, yeah, Scott. I always thought it was Bacula, but we have a terrible feeling. It's actually probably Scott Bacula. So, um, Scott Bacula, not right. Scott Blackula. Not Scott Blackula. <laughs> that was in the uh, the cheaper remake they made for uh, um, but he played the lead, yes, and and, and um, Scott Bakula, apart from Quantum Leap, also turns up briefly in uh, American Beauty. He was in that terrible, terrible Star Enterprise. Trek. Enterprise. Uh, Enterprise, the one that, yeah, they don't, they don't, no one remembers. Um, turned up recently in Boston Legal. He's a bit of a sort of pop culture go-to guy, I think. He's, uh, he's, mm. he's Mark Harmon when you can't get Mark Harmon. Yeah, yeah, that's harsh, but probably fair. Yeah. And... Um, so the interesting thing about the show is that it's each one of these he has a, a problem, a moral problem to resolve. It's much like um, Highway to Heaven or Touched by an Angel. It does come from the premise that God exists, which I find quite fascinating. So much American television takes as a given the existence of God. Oh, does in, it? In a way. Yeah, there is quite a lot of American telly that you realise the the characters. No, sorry, does, no, no, does quantum leap. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. And even though he's a scientist, you know, even though he's he's actually coming from the world of science, it's quite distinct that God exists. And I actually did go into a little bit of research today on it as well and discovered the devil appears in an episode and they quite clearly oh. state that because also the issues he's dealing with are all things like reuniting a, a, a you know a father and a son or, or stopping someone from killing themselves and it's all these kind of very moral and, and quite so he takes over their bodies and sorts out the issue and, sorts and, out then, the issue and then zips it. out once the issue has been resolved yeah and um I was just talking about Lost, that each episode actually does connect to the next episode, which is kind of odd. Like, each episode ends with him in the body of the next person that he'll be in. Mm. Yes. And you have that thing that there is an ongoing storyline, of course, which is him trying to get home and bits and pieces. It's kind of funny. You can see it's so of the past in one way that each episode is self-contained, but it kind of hints at what was going to come later on in that kind of storytelling. And I do find myself in the middle of this, this land of Lost and Dexter's where... You can't watch a single episode anymore, whether or not we will eventually go back. Like, I think there might become a point where we want to have at least some shows which are just, you know, brain fodder. Oh, there's, there's, just... always a, there's always a place for, for shows like that. And yes, at the moment we do have shows like Lost and uh, and Dexter, as you said, but we also still have CSI Miami. But CSI is the only one I can think of. CSI, I think, are that, you know, you can watch Law it. Law and Order. Law and Order's even them to a degree. But yeah, it's kind of interesting that, that we have then, so much television that, that demands your attention yes. for, for you know, three months or you know, four months of viewing. But I think that that's what... The, I think that the networks are actually stipulating that, that new projects have to have that ongoing Oh, narrative. I think they are, yeah. And about, yeah. also, I'm just curious to know whether we'll get to a point where this is too many. Because like, you know, those sort of shows you do have to commit to. And you probably can't commit to too mm. many of them. How but, much do you have to commit to uh, Two and a Half Men? 
Josh? N- nothing. Nothing? N- no right. commitment at all. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, so the, I was going to say, successful. so the thing, of course, with, with, with Sam zipping into these bodies is that you start off, you go through all your, your usual kind of, you know, and then you start running out of, out of people. So they do the episode where he goes into the body of a woman, you know, and that is an interesting new thing. Or he goes into the body of a black man. But, of course, by series five... You've kind of done a lot of them. There's one episode I thought was hilarious where he's talking to, uh, to Dean Stockwell's character. He goes, look, I've been a bunch of women, but I've never met a woman like her before. <laughs> but, yeah, you've got to that point where it's like, you know, it's all old hat. Um, and she's Brooke Shields, which was kind of also surprising. But the, the season premiere, and I must have been, I was hoping to shock Josh with this, but he knew it already because it shocked the hell out of me. The season premiere of season five of Quantum Leap, he leaps into the body of Lee Harvey Oswald, the assassin of John F. Kennedy. Ah. And it's, it, it's a fantastic episode, though. Like, I, I haven't seen it since it first aired, <laughs> but I remember being blown away by this episode, by this moral dilemma that he has, because Sam the whole time is trying to do the right thing and thinks that he's leapt into the body of Lee Harvey Oswald in order to stop JFK. the assassination. Uh, but it, it turns out that, that no, he's actually meant to... I think there's some implication he's there to save Jackie by yeah. stopping him from shooting her as well. Uh, that seems to be the... I don't know, I, I must have actually found it oddly distasteful, I think, because it was a real... Because it is, is within living memory, real event, real murder, and we know the details of it, it was a little bit odd. And that's probably a but bit... But as we all know, as, as all conspiracy theorists know, it wasn't him that shot Well, that's Kennedy the interesting anyway. thing, too, because Dean Stockwell's character is a conspiracy theorist. So they actually allow the two of them to have these, these ongoing discussions about the facts throughout the, the episode. And that was quite interesting in itself. And, I mean, uh, just to throw in a personal thing, I actually was in Dallas uh, a couple of years ago for a festival. And I went to Dealey Plaza, which is what you do. And I pretended to shoot Kennedy from behind the um, the I have photographs of me on the grassy knoll. I got photographs behind the fence where the third gunman was. Oh, I got it all. And it's really awful because uh, there's not much to do in Dallas. So it's just swarming with tourists all pretending to shoot Kennedy. <laughs> So um, is the book repository still there? The book repository is there. The sixth floor of the book repository is, in fact, the Kennedy Assassination Museum. You can go into it. And um, I thought that might be quite tasteless with a kind of you know, shoot 'em up laser game or something inside you can play. <laughs> but it's actually, it's actually superb. It's a fantastic, the best museum ever. You go in, you're on the, on the, the floor, and... It's a sort of maze, and you go through the maze, and it starts off from, like, you know, Kennedy being elected, gives all this history, and then you realise that it's sort of time's getting slower and slower until you're on November 23rd, 22nd, 1963, and then there are clocks and things all the way through, and it's amazing because you don't realise how much you know about the Kennedy assassination until you're in that situation, and you know it's coming, and it's so brilliant, and then you finally go around the corner, and it's actually the the nest that, that Lee Harvey Oswald had set up, the, the gun turret, the window is still open, it's... It's actually um, sort of perspexed off, but you can look through the window next to it down onto Dealey Plaza, where the president would have been. And that was the bit where, because I had been a conspiracy theorist up until that moment, I looked down and went, Jesus, I could have shot him from here. It's nowhere near as far away as you think it is from all the films and tell it's, it's just like pointing out the window straight down. It's, yeah, and I went, oh, it was another with a gun. And it was such a disappointment to think that Kennedy was just shot by another with a gun. I'd always assumed there was some amazing, something bigger and more majestic to it. But it was actually just, I think, a loony with a gun. And a magic bullet. And a magic bullet. The magic bullet is more interesting. But then we also, um, we also met someone who was in the, in the room when Kennedy was being uh, autopsied, which was kind of not what you expected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you say to someone, so were you, were you in Dallas at the time? Meaning, 
in Dallas. And he goes, yeah, I mean, eventually when Jackie came in, I had to move out of the room because there wasn't enough room. We're going, what? What? And we kept trying to drag the, the conversation back. But when it's a nice lunch at a restaurant, it's very hard to go, tell us more about Kennedy's blood. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of... Um, but yeah, apart from the magic bullet, uh, it kind of... And there, there is some thought that that was actually just a lot of dodgy kind of police work and things being moved and, and records being lost and transcribed from memory. But none of this takes place in, uh, in, in the Quantum Leap episode. No, no, sorry. I, have, I, have I digressed? <laughs> I think I have. Um, also, well. when you start shouting about things in the Kennedy Museum, they do come and tell you off. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we discovered the other hilarious thing, sorry, about Kennedy Museum. On the way in, you have to go through a metal detector uh, for weapons. And I was going, honey, bit late now. Horse, bolt. <laughs> You know? <laughs> anyway, quantum leap. So yes, so yes, yes, yes. yes. So, so, so uh, Dean Stockwell is, is a hologram who, who appears from the future to help Sam. Sam's through. present. Yes, Sam's uh, present, but our future. And uh, what's happened to Sam's body in this well, time? Well, this is the thing. According to online, there's lots of, lots of you know, frequently asked questions online, and they all say, well, the truth is this, except for these seven episodes where it was this. I think it's one of those sort of things, yeah, you know, when people didn't really spend a lot of time on TV shows back then. Yeah. In theory, apparently, Sam's body actually swaps places with the person, but it appears to be the person sort of wrapped around him like a yes. chocolate envelope for oh, everyone else right. watching, except the episodes where it isn't. So, um, okay. But I was just saying, but I'm, yeah, mildly offended by the by the the JFK episode. So I googled controversial quantum leap episode, thinking that was going to give me information to discover that was not the most, most controversial quantum leap episode. That's about the fourth most controversial quantum leap episode. And um, there was one where my favourite here. Uh, actually, no, I'll get to that in a second. The 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 most controversial, probably the one about she leaps into the body of a gay guy or a probably gay guy in a military base in the sixties to stop a gay bashing, which a right wing organisation managed to get all the advertising pulled so that um, it went to air with no ads or, or something along those lines to try and sort of kill it. A but special TV event. A very special mm. TV event. But the one I really liked is that he leaps. That into- no gay basher should miss. <laughs> <laughs> He leaps into the body of a chimp as part of an experimental program (laughs) for for the U.S. space program. (laughs) That was pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. And the other one was an episode in which... um I just, I just love the description. Sam leaps into the body of a male stripper in New York in 1979, befriending a young deaf waitress named Diana. Upon hearing that Diana is destined to become a prostitute and die of AIDS in 1986, Sam tries to alter history by encouraging her to become a professional dancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the age-old story. <laughs> man leaps into <laughs> man leaps into stripper's body. Man befriends other stripper. But I've got to say, in ninety, that episode went to air in nineteen ninety, and that is actually that's quite impressive, though. To uh, I mean, for such a show that is so disposable, and you watch it now, and it's so, it's I mean, it's not quite clumsy, but it's just but obviously it was, throwaway. It was mandatory weekly viewing, though. This is we, we, Quantum Leap amongst uh, definitely amongst my friends at the time, uh, and, and not necessarily amongst maybe you know thirty year olds, but definitely sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds. Yeah were mad for Quantum Leap at the time. It was, it was really extraordinary. I couldn't remember. Off the top of my head, I couldn't remember whether it was popular or not. I had no kind of, yeah, recollection of yeah, it. Yeah, amongst, uh, amongst my friends, it was really yeah. popular. We, we all loved Quantum Leap. But that's because I remember it being quite tacky and throwaway. And then I was looking through online and just all these episodes they did. And partly because you, you do start with a premise that, that has a certain limitation to it. So you start becoming obviously more and more 
kind of reaching with these plot lines. And it is quite impressive the amount of stuff they did. And even, I think, the episodes where Sam does, on multiple occasions, go into women's bodies and, and swap places. And it's all about a man kind of finding a woman's place in the world and seeing how they're perceived. And a lot of that's quite interesting as well for, for a mainstream television It's stuff concept. that Tyra Banks still does on her talk show. <laughs> <laughs> well, in many ways, yeah, Tyra Banks is the new Quantum Leap. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, Quantum Leap uh, available on DVD. Uh, uh, yes, from... I believe it is. Apparently, the American copies will have um, the music removed and library music put in, but the local copies stick with the originals ah. due to some very odd copyright issues. That's 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 not the first time. A bit like Larry Sanders. Well, uh, not really. The um... well, isn't that the main reason why the whole thing hasn't been released on DVD? Uh, no, don't I don't know. I thought it was about so. releases. Well, that's, why Dari, that's definitely why Diary hasn't been released. We'll talk about that well, when actually, we finally talk about Diary. I, also, I just realized I put a note here. Something I'd just like to, like to mention finally was also um, Scott Bakula. There seemed to be something in his contract. He had to take his shirt off in every single episode. <laughs> it's quite astonishing how much shirtless acting Scott Bakula goes through. And he Even has, as the women? He's a quite luxuriant furry chest. And I realized that, that Scott Bakula was probably the last furry chest on television. He was probably the last starring furry chest we will ever see before you know the furry chest became... Just too much of a kind of Tom Selleck throwback, and 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 in many ways, you know, uh, it'll it'll come back. No, no, I, I don't know. I wonder if, if Scott Baxter's chest was was a, you know, a farewell to a time oh. that will never come back. Well, it helped him play a chimp, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Quantum Leap. It's available uh, on DVD in libraries and, in Fitzroy uh, Library. Yeah, definitely. Are you one of those that follows follows the Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. What don't you buy, Brett Cropley? Josh Canal, isn't it great when you get free stuff you didn't expect? Yes. This is what they tell us in the Telstra Next G prepaid mobile phone ad. Free movie session times, free maps, free weather and more. All on the home tab through your phone. It's aimed at getting people to sign up to uh, prepaid Telstra phones, telling them that they'll get all this free stuff. It kind of defeats itself because you get all the free stuff, but you expect it. Because and so it's not so great anymore. Well, it's not free, though, because you're paying for it. That's, you're prepaying for your service. And your service just includes all of these things. So it's not actually free either. Oh, my God. This ad is worse than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely, definitely don't buy it. I don't buy uh, it either. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. And with the sounds of Brian Nankervis, that brings us to the pork section, which is close to the end of Box Cutters episode mm. 145. I think I might have to uh, have a bit of a word to Brian, see if he can't come into the studio, because uh, Rockwiz is starting up after the Olympics finish, oh, as is Star Dances. Uh, Kenny's Travels Around the World mm. is coming up. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to that. It's, I never saw the film Kenny... But I've seen him on television so much. Kenny's that, a good film. I've got to say, I've, Kenny is a really good film. Because I, I was quite nervous going into Kenny, and it is, it is a surprisingly great film. But and talk about overexposure. Yeah, I mean, look, the idea at the time was, you know, he was going to do all the promotion in character. Interesting idea, clever idea, and yeah, but I think even Shane Jacobson's aware that 
they probably, you know, it's gone a bit too far. <laughs> yeah, you know. Because he did, when he was in um, Guys and Dolls, he was really pushing the whole, you know, he wouldn't do any photo shoots in overalls. He wouldn't do anything holding toilet rolls. He wouldn't, like, there was a lot of, lot of you know, do not get him to do Kenny. He's not yep. doing Kenny. So, yeah, I kind of wonder if they, maybe even this TV show, think maybe we've stepped a little bit too far. But but Kenny, the film, is great. Yeah. Who, who was he playing in, uh, in, in Guys and Dolls? Was he Ricky May's He character? was one of the guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's my knowledge of musicals uh, well done there we right. go. <laughs> yeah. it wasn't Spamalot that's all I can uh, tell you uh, how about a Spamalot I uh, I don't even want to go there uh, television what have you got any pork Brent before I say that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 145 what's your pork have you got pork You've always got pork. No, well, nothing. You've got that nothing. Comes to mind. All right, let's talk about the Olympics. The uh, the, the thing with the Olympics that I'm noticing this year is how much we don't get live. How much of the Olympics that we see is not live Olympics? I believe isn't it being timed for the American prime time? Yeah, which is why the the swimming finals are in the mornings and the heats are at night. Yes, but we see a lot of. Uh, a lot of pre-recorded Olympics going on. And I I remember seeing on the weekend the women's 100 uh, quarterfinals, 100-metre sprint. No, none of this swimming crap. Women's 100-metre <laughs> sprint. This is proper sport, running. Yeah. Running's a proper sport. At the same time, though, the javelin was happening. At the same time that they were showing us the, uh, the women's 100 heats uh-huh. could you see the javelin kind of just off screen as they were showing the heats well when they when they cut to show us uh the times that seemed like a live shot of the of the stadium as the background to the mm-hmm. the superimposition of, of the times that the women were, were running and you could see on the big screen on, on the big mcg screen at the uh beijing big M- at the screen. beijing mcg uh <laughs> you could see that they were having javelin throwing at the time. Why can't we watch the live javelin? Is it, do they need the time to CGI in all the Chinese athletes, maybe, to do all the rendering before all the, they can... All, all the crowd. Yeah, all the crowd. They have to fill all Cause, those Because you know how like, the fireworks turned out to actually be half CGI yeah. from, from the opening night broadcast. Well, so, yeah, no, maybe it's a continuation of that. No less impressive to watch, though. Maybe they never built the studio. Maybe the stadiums are actually all just blue screen, you know, and, and they have to go and put in all the buildings and all the people. Maybe, maybe they're, they're using the, uh, the same studio that they used for the uh, lunar landing. <laughs> Speaking of blue screens, uh, there's, there are shots around of uh, one of the projectors from the opening night ceremony with a blue screen of death. Um, where one of the computers running the the images on that had uh, carked it. They were running it. They were running it on Windows mm-hmm. XP, no less. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you know, you wouldn't trust it to Vista, but you wouldn't. No. But why not? Why not get a really good Linux distribution? Uh, why, what? Not enough nerds in China? What? I think Lenovo were running it, and I assume it was. Ah. Uh, so yes, the, the next Olympics will be run entirely by an iPhone. There'll be this one iPhone. They'll be running the entire Olympics off. Uh, only if Apple allow the app on their uh, on their iTunes Music Store, yeah. iOlympics, and they can cool. check it now. Yeah. So this this is something that you know because SBS are showing uh, mostly live stuff, live soccer, live table tennis, live soccer, live table tennis. There's some soccer, some table tennis. I saw some volleyball the other day. Uh, yeah, some some indoor volleyball. Yeah, because Channel Seven, of course, have the beach volleyball, 
because they're under this misapprehension that people actually think watching women be- women's beach volleyball is in some way enticing. Um, I, I would say I've had a lot of phone calls from lesbians this week ringing up going, we're watching the beach volleyball. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's working for someone. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought. I hadn't thought the of the lesbian lesbians. market. It's big. Right. Right. So that's, uh, that's uh, one out of every five Australians. <laughs> watching, is right. watching beach volleyball. Is watching yeah. beach volleyball. I think, basically, if you're watching beach volleyball now, you have to stop and ask yourself, am I a lesbian? Mm. Well, from my, for the last week and a bit, um, I've, I haven't turned on the TV to watch the Olympics, but my impression of having seen it when, it's, when I've been switching over um, is that it seems all really disjointed and like an ADD coverage. It's like, <laughs> it's like they can't stay with the one sport for a whole game. That's, that mm. is exactly what it's like. And that's why uh, SBS is such a breath of fresh air. Uh, Channel 7 will only go to the hockey, for instance, if it looks like uh, Australia might win. Or they'll show the goals oh, of the yes. game as yes, it's this, going through. Yeah, we're not winning this. Let's look at something else. That's yeah. a bit odd. This is also isn't this the first Olympics, like uh, well, you know, of, of the last two that hasn't had a kind of Roy and HG type comedy show attached. Yeah, which to has it? been yes. about the timing also. Uh, oh, is that it? it? Just isn't time to put on. Well, by like the that. time stuff finishes up in China, mm-hmm. it's like four it's or three, two, two right. o'clock three or four o'clock here. Yeah. Because, yes, I missed that a bit. That's what I liked about the last one. Channel 7's had some interesting programming on at uh, 2 o'clock following the, uh, the, the Olympics. Well. Cavemen? Yes. And, uh, uh, oh, McAuliffe's been on SBS. Newstopia. Yeah, Newstopia's been on SBS as well. It's, it's These repeats of Newstopia. Yeah. Yes. That's intriguing, isn't it? So people who forget to go to bed then get a bit of Newstopia, hmm. which I don't know if you've ever tried to, to concentrate on while being sleep-deprived. It's very difficult. <laughs> Very difficult to watch Newstopia. Because I, mean, I love Newstopia. I just like the idea of, the, of, of, of dated Newstopia. That's kind of interesting for a show that's that up to the moment. I think it's from the first season. Okay. Oh, that's quite dated Newstopia. <laughs> that's very... That is very interesting. Uh, are the Olympics going to end? When do they end? Uh, the Sunday, is that March it? next year? <laughs> 2012? Everything's, I don't know. everything's coming back on the 26th or something. So, I, so that would be at the end of this week. I assume it's finishing on Sunday. Oh yeah, that that would make sense. So everything's everything's coming back on the uh, on the twenty sixth. Thankfully, we'll have some television to talk about next Monday. That's uh, sorry, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, one day I'll come in actually having seen something. It'll be quite interesting. What would you watch though? Ah, uh, don't know. Toadie, the neighbours. <laughs> what What do you watch when you're uh, when you're just watching uh, watching TV? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question, isn't it? Because I've, I've I remember, you know, first being asked, would you like to come on a TV show and talk about TV? It's like, yeah, I love TV. It's like, what do I watch? I don't seem to watch anything. I seem to watch things that are on between like one and three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and DVDs of terrible science fiction from many years gone by. That seems to be the only thing I'm, I'm watching now. Well, maybe next time you can come in and talk about Blake 7. <laughs> well, hey, hold so me say, back. <laughs> what do you say between one and three? Are you like on the ABC black and white kind of classic movie? Oh, so, yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing, you know, like a Will Hayes. Yeah, no, it's a. <laughs> are you watching uh, the, the Time Life uh, I, 70s I actually, box I, music? I collection? do love that kind of, though, the, the commercial station, that thing, the caveman slot, we can probably call it, where, you know, all the shows that died overseas kind of show up. And I find that quite interesting because you feel, I think, more warmly towards them at that time. Although. Although there was a time when Channel Nine used that slot, the uh, kind of let's call it two thirty in the morning slot, uh, they showed it's Gary Shandling's show, mm-hmm. and they showed Soap. 
in those. Now, Soap was repeats. It's Gary Shandling's show, first run. I saw Greg the Bunny in one of those slots really? as well. You know, the one with Seth Green it's, and... Yeah, and it's, which, is a pretty, which is a pretty funny show. Yeah, odd. Odd show. Odd. And the perfect time to be watching it was 2.30 in the morning. I, yes. that was, yeah. I never saw Parker Lewis at any other time. Well, Parker Lewis can't lose. Well, that was Depending on at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, Brett. And was Channel it? 9 yes. also seemed to have this weird thing. Channel 9 owns six episodes of The Avengers, and they used to sort of <laughs> randomly throw them on. The same six. which always fascinated me going, did you just have them like, like on film prints lying around? It's like, quick, shove something on. <laughs> Return of the Cybernauts, that'll do. You know, it's just... And still, every now and then, you, you will get an excellent... I, I, it's definitely worth looking through the, the TV guide and seeing what's on in the middle of the night because sometimes you'll, you'll see a film that you can't actually get anywhere else mm-hmm. that hasn't been released on DVD. Or I, I remember a, a few years ago, it's going back sometime now, it's about seven years ago, but I saw The Wicker Man nice, yeah. uh, with uh, Edward Woodward. Mm-hmm. Wood. What did Wood. he think? <laughs> Sorry, it's an old gag. <laughs> uh, he uh, he was also he, he was the what was the name of Edward Woodward's TV show? The, the Equalizer. El- Equalizer. The Equalizer. That, that was a was, good show. That was a good show. Yeah, yeah it kind of took up, up where uh, Remington Steele left off. Another good show. I think I think you'll find with the Equalizer, much like with uh, what was at the time the excellent Wise Guy. That don't hold up. Wise Guy with Ken Wall was a great show. Theme tuned by Mike Post, incidentally. Ah, Wise Guy. Well, next time you're on, uh, John, this is a, a little enticer for, for people. Next time you're on, we're going to have a segment about theme tunes. Theme tunes are my personal obsession with Mike Post. Yeah, yeah that sounds great. Mike Post, good and bad. Mm, in, in, often in the same tune. Yes. <laughs> now, uh, we didn't cover... Uh, I haven't seen Yumcha. When is Yumcha on? I see ads for it, but I, again, have no idea if it actually exists. I read an article uh, today about something on Yumcha, and I, I assume that it's on, it's on TV. At I some suspect point. it's a fictional show. <laughs> they, so, <laughs> Sunday mornings, they bring around a trolley. You take your food off the trolley. That's, would you like some this, some that? No, the the Channel Seven sampling with uh, the commentators, including Sonia Kruger, who reportedly has been instructed to dumb it down, and uh, now is being seen as maybe having made a mistake by following those instructions and damaging her uh, credibility for Star Dancers, which comes back after the Olympics. Well, she didn't need very much credibility for Star Dancers. I mean, we, we all know Sonia Kruger could do a lot more than but, that. I, as as you know, Josh, the number of people that we've spoken to about who should take over the hosting. The number of people that have said Sonia Kruger has been a nine-to-one uh, kind of prospect. And I think that for that reason, she has this credibility amongst uh, amongst the general populace that I if she was kind of playing dumb with Daryl, she wouldn't have had. This is a perfect opportunity for Channel 9 to get their shit into gear and offer Sonia Kruger a whole lot of money to jump ship and give her an intelligent and funny show. That's, uh, I reckon, Channel 9 should swoop in now. Do you reckon they've made that kind of cultural shift? I mean, they're replaying the adults' home videos. Well, when are they they replaying that? Uh, That actually has a date. Uh, Does it? It's got a date now? Yeah, it's got a date. I can't get online here. uh, It's on TV tonight. Okay, I've got to set my recorder for that, for sure. It's after the Olympics. Great. See, show it during the Olympics. So, you know, just... For some, just mix it up. No, they're starting to hype it up. Like this is going to be a big, a big rating spinner for Channel Nine. Oh, they reckon. No, it's donkeys having sex. People, 
Don't watch it. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 145. You're not going to interrupt and go, oh, but I've still got... No. Brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 145, Brent. Your sock's yes. loose. My, That's my been so- bugging me for oh, the whole show. My sock's loose. <laughs> That's why you've been sounding strange. That is now... now oh. how does, Better? No, it's, it's a, like you're in the room with let's us. Let's do the whole show again. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 145. I want to say thanks very much to Crumpler, who next week, Brent? I think so. Next week, we'll have some giveaways. So we'll have the quiz return mm. next week. Thanks to Crumpler, you can I, check I came them across out. some uh, material over the week that uh, I thought might give us some good content for uh, quiz missions. Ah. Yes. Excellent. Hard to look up. Okay. Yes. Hard, Hard to, to Google. Hard to Google. So not how do you spell Mike Post? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yes, uh, Crumpler, thank you very much. Uh, well, you know, thank you in the future. Uh, and thank you for the past. But present, you're leaving us hanging. That's what I'm saying. That's but, what I'm saying. But thank you for the presence. Thank you for the presence, but for the present, <laughs> leaving us hanging. Really. Anyway, no, uh, crumpler.com.au if you want to buy one of their excellent bags. They're wonderful. They give us no money, but they do give us bags to give to the listeners, and the listeners love them. Stores around the world. I also want to say thanks to 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world. They are having their Radiothon starting this Friday. That may be right now, depending on when you're uh, listening to this show. You can... uh, uh, well, in theory, it could be months ago, too, depending on when you listen to yeah, it. Yeah, it could. Either no. way, you can subscribe by calling them. Well, if you them. missed it, subscribe now, 938127 yeah. in the Melbourne metro. If you're living in region. a post-apocalyptic wasteland, though, and you've somehow found the only laptop still in existence with this on as an MP3, and you're listening to it now, go find food. Because, <laughs> you know, there's no point. But yeah, but if you're still listening to it and, and society is still, you know, ongoing... Subscribe to Triple R. Zero three nine three double eight one zero two seven or rrr.org.au is where you can find them. And they're very good to us. They give us this studio to record our podcast each and every week. To bring and you the, the massive audio quality that you're listening to right mm. now. Yeah. I don't, uh, nice. If, you, if you've listened to, to other podcast-only shows, ours sounds hot. It is, it is, and you don't record in a bathroom. I think, you know, thumbs up for that. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but well, it's not completely dead. There's still a little bit of act, uh, 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 liveliness in the room here. Yeah, this is the sound of Brunswick. That's what it is, the sound of Brunswick. Yes. Let, let me just reach for my bong. I want to say thanks very much, John Richards, for joining us yet again and enlightening us with the wonders of Quantum Leap. <laughs> Yes, enlightening. There's a word. Enlightening uh, us. Thank you for having me. Your website is now outlandinstitute.wordpress.com. Yes, because you mocked me. You mocked me on the live journal, and I was, you know, I was close uh, to the edge, and the box cutters mocked me, so I moved. Yes. So have you shifted all your content over? I have. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's going well. Is there a special tool that'll take all your LG stuff to WordPress? Yeah, you press a button and it all happens. So you didn't really do much at all. I did bugger all, really. Also, WordPress, um, because WordPress tells you when you log on, you know, these are the top WordPress sites and whatever. And half the WordPress sites appear to be climate change deniers. So it's great to be on, you know, such an intelligent and well-rounded kind of thing. So that's the Outland Institute. It's outlandinstitute.wordpress.com and we'll link to it on the blog. John Richards, you are the curator therein. 
Yeah, curator or tour guide depends on how I'm feeling. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. So thank you very much for for joining us. We uh, we appreciate it. Until next week, if you want to email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. Mm. And uh, if you want to comment on the blog, please do at boxcutters.net. And there's going to be some special interactivity on the blog coming shortly. We'll let you know more as uh, details come to hand. It's not your horrible Shiza video, is it? <laughs> no. Good. <laughs> Two girls, one cup. No! <laughs> no, it's not at all. Of course I jest. Until next week. I have to restart the outro My name. we talking so long. I'm not starting from the beginning. No. No, the, the music bed. It's subtle. Till next week. <laughs> My name is Josh Canal. John, that's where you say who you are. Oh, I, I'm me. I'm John. Thanks for being you. <laughs> I continue to be Brad Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.